there we all are now. I hope you're doing well. It's funny how quickly it goes all the same. One minute you're there and you can't wait for the turkey to come out. And uh, two days later, you're sick of the sight of it. Christmas 2021 has come and gone, as has the year itself. And the return to normal for the Irish in Sweden starts here. My name is Philip O'Connor. You are listening to the Irish in Sweden podcast. This is, I think, the sixth episode And uh, we're going to talk about training and we're going to talk about uh, getting back to normal here, about finding some sort of physical outlet during the year to make yourself feel better. Because at this time of the year, we often make resolutions, we make promises to ourselves that we're going to be better and we're going to be fitter and we're going to be more disciplined and we're going to look great in our holidays. We buy gym cards and we buy Peloton bikes and by February we'll be desperately trying to ignore that little voice in our head that says we just wasted a whole heap of money. Now, sport is very important to me. Um, Outside of doing this podcast, I work a lot with sports journalism. So, you know, without sport, I wouldn't have a job. I wouldn't have a pastime. And I probably wouldn't have many friends in this country either. It's something that the Irish community gathers around during the Gaelic football season and the soccer teams dotted around the country. And the benefits to our physical and mental health are undeniable on a personal level. Uh, luckily, we live in a country where there are plenty of opportunities to ga- engage in sport and in fitness activities, but sometimes we might not know just what those possibilities are. i just remind you that this is a community-supported podcast, so when you're not committing to a gym membership for you know 500 crowns a month that you may not even use this year, why not consider becoming a supporter on patreon.com forward slash arrowman in Stockholm for 50 Swedish crowns or 5 euros a month. You can also donate via Swish to 123-2424-166. And if you have a company and want to sponsor the show, please send an email to irishinsweedenpodcast at gmail.com. Now, as I was saying, sport is hugely important to me. It's something that I've noticed that the more I train, the better I feel. Or, you know, the more opportunities I can make for myself to train, the better I feel. At the moment, my big things are I love to turn out for the Stockholm Gales when they'll have me in the B team or in the A team or whoever will give me a game. Uh, I do a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. About six years ago, I hurt me back and, um, you know, I was always into, you know, watching combat sports and that kind of thing. And I said, okay, I need to strengthen my core. So I really need to give this a go. Somebody told me that uh, jiu-jitsu was the way to go. And it's been fantastic. Now, I've still had back problems ever since, but it's just magnificent. It's like a form of physical chess. And there are clubs, for those of you listening above in Lulio and in Yavla, and maybe you've done this sort of thing, you've been thinking of doing this sort of thing where you've been watching the UFC or whatever, there are local clubs there, right? I was actually speaking to somebody in Yavla just before Christmas, so get down there and try it out. Uh, They will make arrangements for you, I've been told that you can do classes, certainly in Yavla you can do classes in English there, and there's one bang in the middle of Lulio as well, it's a a Gracie Academy, which is, you know, the sort of the top names within Jiu-Jitsu, so go down there and check them out. But it's something that's, you know, it's just, it's so important to me, and one of the big organisations has helped me in my time in Sweden. When I moved here first, I lived out in Mashta, which is out by Orlando Airport. A lot of you'll be seeing the signs for as you pass through on your way back into Sweden. And I didn't know anybody. And the city centre was an awful long way away. I didn't have the money to go drinking in pubs and hanging out with fellas. Uh, I think the Dubliner actually had a soccer team going at the time in this organisation called Corpen. So when I heard about that, I went, I've got to find out about this. Uh, gradually, I moved in to Shista, which is on the blue line there in the city of Stockholm. But I discovered that this corporate organisation actually exists in all of Sweden and they offer all manner of sports. Now, obviously, in Stockholm and Malmö and Gothenburg, it's going to be bigger than elsewhere. But even in suburbs of Stockholm, like Sundby Bay, it exists. It exists in Yavla, it exists in Lulio. And the brilliant thing about it is, 
the barrier to entry is very low, right? So for a few thousand crowns, you can get together with a few lads or a few girls that you work with and you can put together a team to play indoor soccer or outdoor soccer during the summer. They've all various different kinds. In the bandy, floorball, as it's called in English. They've all sorts of stuff. Three-on-three basketball is there. There's bull. There's all manner of stuff going on there. And because the barrier to entry is so low, you literally, for football, you need a pair of shin pads and to register, right? So membership of the organization costs, I think it's 50 crowns a year. And once you're a member, you can play any sport that they have, you know? Uh, you can find out if the Swedish lads on their building site are in your research facility and say, okay, is anybody playing corporate? There's a bit of football going on there. And it's a great way to get to know and to meet people there. So to find out more about it, I invited a, a man who works for corporate and who I met through corporate, through playing football against him. He was sent back and I was sent forward to tell me more about it and just how you get involved and make this something that you could do during the year to get out and not just to, to train and to enjoy yourself but also to meet people. So this is Henrik Tailfors who spoke to me just before Christmas there about Corpen and what the Irish in Sweden can get out of it during 2022. Sheridan. But easy, onto it comes Houghton and Houghton with a shot and it's there! Henrik, uh, you're very welcome to the studio and to the Irish and Sweden podcast. Could I just start by asking you about Corpen as an organisation? Where, where did it come from? Corpen as an organisation. We started in the, I think it was 1940s. Uh, in the beginning, it was most companies uh, who wanted to give them, give the employees something to do uh, outside of work. So it was a lot of like firemen and police officers and stuff like that in Corpen from the beginning. Mm. And then it. Uh, then it evolved, and uh, to date, it's uh, not so many companies. It's more like uh, friends and, and families and get-togethers, stuff like that. So it's not as many, as many companies now as it was in the, in the beginning. In all of Sweden, do you know how many um, how many members there might be in the organization in Sweden? I don't have an accurate number, but I, I've heard that uh, it's, it's, um, about one million people... Uh, participate in some form of, of, of corporate activity every year in wow. Sweden. That's so a whole lot of people. Uh, so it's a lot of people. Um, and in terms of the sports that you offer, right? So yeah. obviously they're the most popular sports. Uh, there's football and there's floorball in the yeah. bandy in Swedish, yeah. right? Yeah, the big smile there. Do you play that as well? Do you? No. No, but uh, it's for very me, popular. In the bandy is uh, like a weird, weird, uh, <laughs> weird sport, but uh, it's a bit quite common in Sweden. Mm. Um, but what other sports are on offer there as well? And how does the whole thing work? We have a lot of sports. Um, I think football is number one um, by far. Mm. Uh, then in the bandy, as you said, floorball. Uh, then we have a something called rink bandy, which is quite. Uh, it was it was very big in, in Sweden before. It's now it's. The people that plays rink band is now 50 and over, so it's kind of downsizing. But that's on uh, ice skates as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's on ice skates. So it's uh, it's a combination of ice hockey and bandy. I don't know what that's called in English. Yeah, I think it's just called bandy, but it's yeah. one of those things. You see, things where you slide around the place are not really for Irish people because <laughs> we haven't grown up with the ice, you know. <laughs> yeah. I remember years ago, uh, do you remember Håkan Loeb, who's a yeah. famous ice hockey player yeah. here? And I went down, uh, it was just before the Olympics in Pyeongchang, and I went to Austria uh, with the Discovery Channel, and they had him down there. All right. And we were on this bus and he was going to teach all these, you know, journalists and he's going to show them, okay, this is what our hockey coverage is going to be like. So I was sitting on the bus with this Finnish journalist and I was saying, yeah, yeah, I'm going to smash you when I get out here. I'm going to fucking, I couldn't even stand on ice skates <laughs> despite living here for 20 years. So, uh, nice guy, auntie. Yeah. Um, 
So what happens? You organize like leagues in all these sports, right? But you also organize yeah. trainings, and this is in Stockholm, but it's also around the country, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of places around the country. So it's um, I should have I should have, should have uh, investigated this earlier, but it's a lot of places in, in Sweden. Yeah. Uh, so uh, is everywhere in Sweden, I would say. And as you said, uh, leagues and training sessions as well. Uh, now it's quite quite big in Stockholm that you have training sessions for people who want to try sport yeah. that you, you, you don't know anything about it but you want to you want to try it so we have like um, amateur trainings uh, for people who don't know anything about the sport and want mm. to try so that's quite big and that we are pretty unique in that way in Corpen that we have no one else does that I mean you have training sessions for kids yeah. who want to start but for adults who want to start with something new don't exist yeah. but in Corpen it, it does well this is the thing for me and this is how we met all those years yeah. ago playing football against one another was I had come to Sweden and I found it really difficult to get involved I lived out in Mashed at that time which is a long way outside of town there was a division 3 soccer club out there and I went and I tried out for them and I tried out for the division 1 team as well in Valstasiljansk at the time yeah. but I wasn't good enough to play there so and that's like a kind of an elite level here right yeah. but there was nothing in between and that was when when I started to work in the city in, in Kungsgatan that I discovered at Corpen. So I know because I've done it, but I've got to get you to explain to me now. If I want to put together some of the guys I work with at the office or the factory or the building site, how yeah. do I get a, a soccer team, a seven aside or a nine aside or eleven aside team into Corpen? It's really easy. You just register on the website. Uh, so it's a few clicks away. Mm. And then you can play. And then if you don't have a team yourself, you can um, we have something called uh, Spelarbanken on yep. Facebook. So the players' uh, database. Players database. Yeah. yeah. So you can uh, write an ad there that you want to find a team, and mm. then you will find a team yep. for for sure. So that's no problem. And the cost for these things, as far as I remember now, you know, uh, I was going to say between the thumb and the pointing finger, as yeah. you would say, but like, um, it's about I think it's five thousand three hundred crowns to play indoors. It's yeah. about ten eleven thousand for an eleven aside outdoors. It's yeah. somewhere in between for seven or nine aside, and that kind of includes everything, right? It includes a pitch rental. It includes insurance, but it doesn't include the referee. The referee is uh, is um, yeah, as part of that, but otherwise everything is included in that. Um. There's a bit of a language barrier, right? So if we, a lot of the people listening to this podcast, they come here, they work for a year or two. Uh, is it possible to do all this in English? Is it possible to get involved if you don't speak Swedish? Yeah, I would say English is not a problem. Uh, I mean, most people in Sweden talk talk pretty good English, so that's no that's no barrier, I think. Uh, and if you have problems understanding the website, is just pick up the phone and call us. We will we will help you and guide you in the mm-hmm. right direction. We mentioned it in the beginning there, but I've got to mention it again now. Yeah. What the hell is in a bandy? <laughs> Floorball. It, it, like, it, people just discovered it. The World Championships was actually last week. Sweden, yeah. the Swedish men won. Where did this sport come from and why is it so popular in Sweden? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, in Sweden, I think it was growing in the 70s, 80s. Uh, uh, a lot of after-school activities. Um, they, they, like they reinvented floorball. Uh, I don't know for sure but it felt like for for me I uh, I played it after school Uh, so it's and that's been growing since then and I don't know it's easy just to have a stick and just uh, Mm. I don't know for me I I don't I don't find it too funny for me football is everything but a lot of people 
loves floorball. Yeah. So it's like a plastic stick, and yeah. the ball is about the size of a tennis ball, but it's like a practice golf ball, so it's yeah. full of holes. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's actually quite light. Yeah. And then you could either have a very small goal if there's no goalkeeper, or you have something about the size of an ice hockey goal, mm. right? Yeah. Um, now, I believe that you're not supposed to swing the club, or the, the stick, you're not supposed to swing that over knee height, is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Okay, because this is a problem for Irish people. The first time I played it, we have a sport called hurling, which is played outdoors oh, on the yeah. field. And uh, my, like the ball was sort of fired over my head, and I went up in the air with a <laughs> stick, and I nearly took the head off somebody with it. So, uh, but is that a sport uh, in terms of if you if, if you want to meet Swedish people, right? If you have two yeah. or three guys in a building site here or something, they want to meet Swedish people. Is that the kind of sport that they should be prepared to try out, or what would you recommend to them? I would, yeah, I would recommend that or football. I mean, football is number one still, mm. so I think that's maybe the easiest way. Uh, but floorball, I think, and it also attracts uh, both genders. Uh, mm. Floorball, so I think that's pretty pretty good. And then you have the, like the smaller sports like bull uh, yeah. that you play a lot of in Sweden as well. Um, so it depends on what, what age you, you are in yourself and stuff like that. So uh, Otherwise, I mean, we have handball uh, in Corpen as well. We have basketball and yeah. I think there's three-on-three three basketball the last yeah, few years. Yeah, we played three-on-three. Three. Yeah. That's true. And in terms of these sports, because obviously we live in a city of over a million people uh, and... I mean, I remember a time there's a friend of mine, Carl Thieveson, a fantastic Norwegian footballer. Uh, he had played at a fairly high level in Scotland. We used to go out to Sport Colony here in Bromma. And, oh, yeah. And do you remember, like, you know, it'd be a Sunday afternoon slash evening. So people who are still hungover weren't going to turn up for their games. So we just sit there along the wall and somebody <laughs> would say, oh, do you want to play? Can you, you know, we're missing a couple of guys. Can you play? You know, so we just play one game after the other out there. But um, if in terms of the rest of the country, Henrik, because I know you work mostly in Stockholm, but if yeah. you look at the organization as a whole, uh, would you say that it is in all the big cities and that, the, you know, that most of these sports that you can at least get the football and the floorball and that kind of thing in Lulio, in Javla, yeah, in yeah, Gothenburg, yeah. in Malmö. All the, all the biggest cities there, there are corporate leagues in, in the in the biggest sports. So that's uh, that's no not a problem, <clears throat> I would say. One of the things that you have spoken a lot about over the years, and I know you have a lot of contact with the referees here, especially yeah. in soccer, right? Um. There's a sort of a cultural difference between people who come from Ireland and the UK because, you know, we, now I, sometimes I don't think this is fair because we're perceived as playing the game in a much more physical way. It, we, do, we do sometimes, but we don't always do that. Yeah. Do Swedes actually think that we're all Roy Keane when they hear us speak in English before the game? <laughs> yeah, I would say that. <laughs> I would say that you, you expect a tough game and that you expect that to be. But I think, uh, in all fairness, I think people expect a fair game. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be tough, but fair. I think that's uh, what you what you what you think is going to happen when you when you meet a, an English speaking team. Um, in terms of if I'm just one individual, right? Uh, I heard about a man the other day, and in a way it was really sad, but in a way it was great because he just bumped into a lot of other Irish people up in Yavla at a Gaelic football tournament. If I'm on my own in some small town, what's the best way? Are there individual sports? Is it golf? Is there tennis? Is there paddle as a new big sport? Here? Yeah, paddle is the fastest growing sport in uh, in Stockholm. Uh, we have now um, paddle is the second largest sport in in Corpen after football. Is it? Uh, when yeah. you see uh, how many teams there are. Well, wow. uh, so it's it's growing really fast. Uh, can you explain a little bit for listeners? I know there's actually a WhatsApp group here that's pinging away as they all sort of you know have a go at each other about paddle in, in Stockholm. <laughs> yeah. what, what does that sport? It's kind of like indoor tennis kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's like a combination of tennis and uh, squash and um, badminton. I mm. would say uh, it's quite easy. Everyone can play. Yeah. Uh, you play normally you play um, two versus two yeah. uh, so that's that's also a, so it, if you compare to tennis tennis is quite hard to get to get a, you have to be quite good at tennis to, to be able to play a proper game yeah uh, but paddle you can 
anyone can play and that and it's going to get quite a great game yeah so so that's um if, talking about exercise that's a, that's a good thing uh, with, with puddle you sweat a lot yeah you sweat a lot well you I, a I find time. with most sports that the worse you are the more you sweat yeah <laughs> It's true. It's true. But if the paddle league now, so you would go in there, you would have, like you and me could go into the paddle league together as a team. Is yeah. that the way it works? Yeah. yeah. And then you play every week at a certain time or in yeah, a certain a lot of, lot of, um, a lot of the, the leagues that we have in paddle is in mornings. So it's like a way of exercising before work. Mm. So that's the main main thing in, in uh, paddle. Yeah. It, it, we also have the morning leagues in other in other sports, but in puddle, that's the, the, the I would say the main main thing is in mornings. It might, might suit people to play before they go to work, right? Yeah, it suits some people. I wouldn't play at six thirty in the morning, but <laughs> <laughs> some love it. it. Was amazing. I was looking for uh, an electrician down there, but two hours from uh, from Stockholm. And just go, no, no, I can't come and do it because we're building this paddle hall, you know, this, uh, oh, this yeah. uh, paddle uh, pitches, so to speak. And I couldn't get hold of them. I was going, no, no, they, like we're building these things everywhere. So is that another thing that you can find in all of Sweden now or is it just in the big cities for, for now? Um, I would say it's it's mainly in the big cities, but it's growing. So I think in, in a couple of years, it's, you're going to see big paddle halls in all of, all of Sweden yeah. if, if it continues this way. What kind of people take part in Corpens activities? If you've asked me that question 20 years ago, when I started working at Corpen, uh, it was main. It was people like you and me. It was men uh, in their 40s, 50s, uh, playing Corpen. I like the way you added 50s there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's changed in, since that. So now I, I would say it's people from 18 to 60. So yeah. it's um, a lot of a lot of different ages play play Corpen, um, and that's. That's the one of the f- funniest thing about Corpen, I would say. That you, you can meet like anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's we we do have some problems uh, attracting uh, women. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working on that, but I mean, team sports uh, historically is more like it, it tra- attracts more men. So that's uh, not something that we we work with every day. But we we're, we're getting there mm-hmm. closer. It's funny when you say you can meet absolutely anyone. About one night, about fifteen years ago, I was out in Skalpnik and I was playing on those, you know, the Grus, which is like this oh, all-weather yeah. surface. And I was playing there, and I saw this guy, and I thought I recognise that guy. But you're playing football, so you, you know. And of course, people change over the years. Yeah. I'd gone to school with him in Dublin. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is like it was just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And we were really good friends then. And I didn't know he'd met a Swedish woman. He'd moved over here. We both had oh. very young children at the time. And I haven't seen him in a little while now. So you really can meet anybody. There is a sort of a, a prejudice or you know people say about especially when you play football in corporate yeah. that oh you're going to get injured mm, you're yeah. going to get your, your leg broken or something yeah. like that right you're sitting there going ah look at i've heard this before tell me <laughs> w- why should people ignore that i mean i've, I've heard that f- for so many years it's like uh, but it, i mean it's true in some sense but it was more true earlier i mean old guys wanted to play football and they didn't warm up they just went in there and tried to do their best but they got injured but no, it's not like that. I mean, sure, you can get injured, but you can get injured playing any sports. Yeah. Uh, so that's, and if you if you look at the statistics, it's it's not more uh, injuries in Corpen than it is in other other uh, leagues. So I would I would say yeah. that it's. A, it's also worth pointing out the injuries they're not Corpens fault no, <laughs> this no. Is people, I, I've often been in a situation where I tried to do things that I could do 20 years ago or maybe yeah. I couldn't do them then either but up here in your mind you're sort yeah. of trying to do so it I think that's most, much more common that it is that way and that is Corpens mm. and we also in Corpen, as it, it, is, it is an amateur league it is much more for, for exercise and for fun that we have 
uh, stricter rules, I would say. The, the referees don't allow as much as they do in the, in the uh, like elite leagues. Yeah, is that a conscious thing? Yeah, Yeah, it is a conscious thing. Yeah. So you tell them, okay, keep a lid on this now so the yeah. guys don't escalate. And that yeah. Kind of thing. yeah, so we, we try to keep, uh, keep it that way uh, for lesser injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain these things. Just one last question mm-hmm. for you, right? Um, where's Corpen in five years? I'm hoping there's a whole lot more Irish people involved in it, but yeah. what's, what's your plan to keep developing this and, and to reach out and to attract more women, for instance? Um, we're trying to to uh, investigate what what do women want. It's like from, earlier we, we just thought that oh we have to get more women involved in in football in sports mm. or soccer, but now we, maybe that's the way. But we have also have to listen to the what do they want? Mm. Uh, do they want want to play football or do they want to complete a different sports? Uh, so that's I think where we, where we are right now. It's just looking for for uh, what attracts women uh, mm. and what attracts an, uh, other uh, minorities. Um, so we're, we're trying to investigate that, uh, but I would say our, when we are now in Corpen, we are we are missing out on the older people. That yeah. earlier it was only old, older people. Now it's getting lesser older people, and then we want to. don't we don't want to get it too professional to say. Yeah. I mean, we have much better pitches that you know very well. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have uh, evolved very very quickly there in the last ten years, uh, and it attracts younger people younger players and better players hmm. uh but we, we that's fine but we also have to keep the lesser the the, the players are not so bad not so good uh, hmm. and maybe older so that's finding balance there hmm. that's mainly i would say our our largest uh problem right now to find some kind of balance there well to be completely honest uh discovering corpen back in i think 2001 absolutely changed my life in Sweden and I mean I'm saying that and everybody goes no you're talking through your ass I said, no it did <laughs> because once I discovered that I could play football two three nights a week yeah. all the loneliness that I experienced here I've made so many friends I met you I've met your brother I've played against you so many times yeah. uh, and great competitors that we are we battered one another on several occasions <laughs> oh, yeah. you know? oh, yeah. but that's the, the fun part of it and yet you know th- this is only the beginning it seems to me that there's so much more to come so um, again if people want to get in touch with Corpen they can just google Corpen and the name of their town or where they're living or yeah, I think the easiest way to uh, go to to corpen.se and yep. then you find you, you can find your way to the nearest corpen organization where you live. So that's that's the best thing to do, I would say, corpen.se. We'll see you out in the pitch sometime soon. Thanks oh, very yeah. much, Henry. Thank you. Well, is that it? Have we seen the moment pass when it might have happened? Let's hope not. Hulahan. Inviting his there! There you go, Robbie Brady there scoring a brilliant goal for Ireland at the 2016 European Championships. I was actually at that game working, very seldom work on Ireland games, but um, under normal circumstances when you're sitting in the press box, you don't really pay any attention. You don't care who wins or loses because you have a job to do. But as Robbie Brady scored that goal, you know, you don't celebrate. Nobody wears, you know, apart from Brazilian journalists, you don't wear your national team shirt. But Robbie Brady scored that goal and uh, I just heard this guy roaring. And I went, who's that fucking idiot that's roaring? And it was me. 
So uh, it just became overcome in the moment because by winning that game, Ireland made it through to the knockout stages of the Euros where they were subsequently beaten by the host nation if France, if I recall correctly, after going 1-0 ahead. But it was a brilliant sporting moment. And you can, too can recreate those sporting moments in Corbett. May not be the same level, but believe you me, the Stockholm Gales have had a soccer team there the last year and it's been brilliant crack altogether. You know, it really does. It means so much to get out there with lads and girls and to, to do something together. Now, I've just been having a quick look at the gym prices here in Sweden, right? So, you know, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you're thinking of joining the gym for the first time. And there's a lot of different offers available out there right now. Most of them are going to want you to sign up for a year. Uh, and there's a big difference in prices, right? So you'll see some of the high street chains, so to speak. Friskis and Svetis, I think, is a member-owned organisation. And that's about 299 crowns a month at the moment in Stockholm, right? And it's usually the same over the, uh, throughout the whole country. In some places, you can buy a car that will allow you to tra- train in Luleå and Gothenburg and Malmo and in Stockholm. So that one is about 200 t- 299 crowns at the moment, at the beginning of January. Uh, Sats is the other big tr- gym chain, 499 crowns at the moment. And if you join up uh, now, you will get the chance to have a, uh, an hour with a personal trainer. Um, there's a gym called Fitness 24-7 and full disclosure I have a membership card here and I'm allowed to use gyms all over the country with them that's uh, 229 crowns a month now I got some deal where I think I paid like you know 2,000 crowns for the year or something like that but the great thing about that is that it's open 24-7 so it's open 24 hours a day 7 days a week and uh, you can also just pop in there we have a little summer house out the country there and I just pop in there if I need a shower because at the moment we've no water so it's uh, really good there I'm not one of these people who goes to the classes. Maybe you're the kind of person who likes to go to, you know, a, a CrossFit or a, a body pump class or something like that. That's not my thing. I like to go in there. I like to, to run mostly on the treadmills, what I do now because I'm too old. I like to lift a few heavy things and then leave it at that. Uh, Fitness 24-7 operates on a fingerprint system, not a card. So you use your finger to get in there uh, because they don't want the doors open. Everybody's sort of snaking in there. There's a CrossFit gym here in Stockholm, they are 990 grams a month, so that's relatively expensive. But again, sometimes you get what you pay for, so to speak. Just whilst I'm at it now, I know there's a lot of people up in Lulio, so I'm going to uh, punch things into the computer here, and we'll have a look and see what the prices are up in the north of Sweden. And again, you have a couple of ones there. There's two that seem to be uh, coming up here. Is Fitness 24-7, the ones I just mentioned, 229 crowns a month uh, for basically everywhere in Sweden. And then you have Actic, which is on Bastugotan 6 up there in Luleå. That's 359 crowns a month. And if you want to use more of their gyms, you can pay 599 crowns a month. So that's... Um, What's on offer up there in Lulio? And last but not least, our friends up in Yavla GAA, you know, they uh, they did lose the final to the Stockholm Gales this year on the men's side. So maybe the lads want to get in there and start uh, doing a little bit of little bit of weights, a little bit of that kind of thing, getting top form. There you have always fitness twenty-four in Yavla is 199 crowns a month. Um then you have Actic there as well, 549 crowns a month. Uh, there's a place that used to be called Zen Zen on Shilkogotan, which is 299. You have Friskis there, Friskis and Svetis. There's no price given for that. Uh, the Actic is, yeah, 540. For some reason, there's no reason for Friskis. And there's no Sats up there, which is very odd. And maybe we'll just go and give Gothenburg a shout there because um, that's uh, one of those places where you get a lot of Irish people working down there and studying down there. We'll check out Jotabori. We'll see what they have to say for themselves. 
Uh, this is on gymguidant.com, by the way, gymguidant.com. You can go in there, you can check all the gyms. You have Nordic Wellness there. There's a couple of different ones there, but uh, 349 crowns if you sign up for one specific gym, 449 a month if you sign up for to use different gyms. Fitness 24-7, again, 229 there. Sats on Shirkogotan is 389 crowns just to be a member of that particular gym, 589 if you want to use the rest of them. Uh, and 325 there for Friskis or Svetis. So basically, as you can hear, there's all manner of different price classes and that kind of thing. But if you're looking for something basic, as I say, I can recommend Fitness 24-7. You can also reach out to Aaron Kennedy. Uh, contact the show via social media or via the email address, Podcast at gmail.com. I'll put you in touch with Aaron, who's a personal trainer and a great man to give advice on those things. Fantastic guy, generally. You would have heard him on one of the early episodes of the podcast. Now... One of the things about training is that it's not just training that matters, right? So if you're going to train, you can go to the gym five times a week, but if you only ever eat garbage, you know, garbage in, garbage out. That's what you're going to get. So a little bit earlier in the series, I talked to Jen O'Sullivan. Jen is a former Irish uh, javelin record holder. So Jen did an awful lot in uh, athletics and track and field when she was younger. Uh, she's played a little bit with the Stockholm Gales. She's interested in swim run. She's interested in all kinds of track and field and endurance sports. And she's also opened the pasta pop-up at the uh, Soda Hallona. We went in there. We visited her in an earlier episode. We had a little chat with her about making fresh pasta in there. But when I was looking for somebody to talk about nutrition and the t- kind of things that we should think of, I thought I might have a quick word with Jen. So uh, over the Christmas holiday, she has been down in Italy. She was out shopping one morning uh, with her, her uh, husband's family, her, her in-laws there. And I said, I'll give her a quick call and just talk a little bit about nutrition because it's one of those things to start the year. We start to think, right, dry January, I'm not going to drink any beer and I'm not going to eat any chips and I'm not going to do all the nice things and it feels like a sacrifice. So we kind of wanted to get away from that and just talk about things that are good for you, things you can do that are going to make you feel better. So um, here's a little conversation with Jen about the subject of nutrition and we kind of got into the weeds on this one because the two of us have a bit of a sweet tooth and I was delighted to hear that you don't have to give things up entirely. But like I say, uh, you've got to make the odd little sacrifice. So uh, here's Jen talking to me about food. Jen, just to start with, right, we were talking about uh, sport and what people could be doing after Christmas. But of course, a big yeah. thing in the whole thing uh, is that it's made in the kitchen and not the gym. Muscles are built in the kitchen and not the gym, right? <laughs> you, were, uh, you were originally an athlete. I think you actually held the Irish record for javelin throwing at one point, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So you, yeah. t- and you said to me the other day that um, if you knew then what you know now sort of thing, you might have been a world champ. No, you didn't say that. But uh, no. just tell me how important you think nutrition actually is in the whole thing. Oh, for me, like over the last, since I moved to Sweden, I think um, we've really, I've changed my focus on food and, and what I eat and how I eat. And um, I think it's really important to know where your food comes from. And to like now we mostly eat like a plant-based diet. Mm. And um, even my family were like, Jen, like your whole body shape has changed, like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I think, I, I think I've like in the last like, like 10 years, I think I'm fitter probably or I feel a lot stronger. I feel like I have more energy than I used to have. Yeah. Like I used to think that having to get protein into my body was about eating meat or eating like turkey or eating chicken. Like not, you know, kind of fueling yourself that way. But I realized kind of in the last few years that like, you know, all the beans, all the like pulses, all the, you know, protein from like pasta or protein from like, you know, loads of different sources actually work yeah. just as well. <laughs> and uh, for us, like as a family, like we're really... Uh, we always kind of look and see where it comes from, like how little deserved is there in things, like, and it really does make you feel better. So I think what you put in 
definitely, you know, has an effect on how you feel. Um, one of those things that I did years ago, right? I got it into my head that I was going to cut out things like white bread and that kind of thing. And I, I've never seen yeah. anything make such a big difference to me physically than getting rid of sort of, you know, that processed bread and sort of, you know, now I started eating sort of tiny bits of, of protein breads and that kind of thing instead. So yeah. just to make it more convenient though, Jen, because obviously, you know, part of what you do in your business of making fresh pasta, it's, to, you know, to make it both nutritious and convenient. So, you know, if you were to go through a day, what would you eat for breakfast, which is one of the most important meals the day what should be people yeah. thinking of when they sit down at the table in the morning like i always i always mostly start with porridge <laughs> i know it sounds like it's a boring thing to have every time but it actually fills me up for most of the morning and i don't feel hungry so i always start with porridge like with uh, having milk and like sometimes honey on top or whatever but that's my main staple i go to all the time yeah um, and my son is the same like he loves it and i just find if i don't eat that first thing in the morning if i don't eat something i'm like I'm like, oh God, I'm the worst person to be around for a couple of hours. <laughs> I need to, I feel like I need to feel my body, like I need to eat something that's a kind of substantial, but there's a, kind of a slow release of like um, energy. Yeah. And I think porridge like, is one of those things that, that hit, ticks all the boxes. It's a good start to the day. Um, you, you, yeah. touched, you touched on something there, right? Because I mean, it's, I'm a great man for cheating, right? I do have a little bit of a sweet tooth and this Christmas yeah. it's gone out the window completely, right? You mentioned honey there. Um, is it, is it, like, should we sort of avoid sugar? Are natural sugars okay? Fructose, fruit? I think, no, I think like natural sugars are great. Like I try and avoid like sugars through like, you know, processed sugars, anything like, like some chocolates and things because like it's, highly refined sugar but like honeys or like uh, maple syrup or like even like in fruits and in like uh, dates or if you have dried fruits like my mother-in-law for Christmas gave us all they dried loads of fruits in the summer and they give them to us <laughs> and Killian loves snacking on them yeah. and she makes her own like these little caramels as well and stuff like and it's all used in natural sugars from like natural fruits and things yeah. and they're like I find that if you just like have them on the side like something like that to snack on if you really need it, like an energy hit but they're perfect. And then you know where they come from as well. Yeah, that's, I suppose that's the main thing that you mentioned uh, in the start of this conversation. It's actually sort of getting stuff that's produced. Um, you know where it comes from that's not full of preservatives yeah. and that kind of thing. But if we move on through the day then, right? Lunchtime comes around. Now, I know you're in a different situation now because you're working in the food business so you have things <laughs> to hand, right? But in terms of something that's convenient, something that's good to have in the middle of the day because your, your blood sugar, your insulin goes up and down. Do you sort of, yeah. you know, would you recommend taking leftovers from the night before or, you know, do people get bored of that? What do you think's a good sort of... Uh, I don't think, like, I find for us, like, we always try to use like if we have stuff left over from the night before like maybe we do like a bean burger or whatever mm. and then use that again but use it in a different way so maybe use it in a wrapper than a bur like with bread or um like we try to use a lot of salads and we kind of do what we like they do in Italy so we try and eat a lot in the middle of the day yeah. and then the lighter meal in the evening time but obviously with school and that it's different but um we just try to eat like everything that's in the fridge we always try to use up what's there yeah um but for me it's always like as well it's like making sure that I eat enough, like soups are great during the winter, like, you know, like you can throw soup together really quickly, like with whatever you have in the fridge, like, and you can always make something really good, like, and mix it in with a bit of pasta or, you know, add a bit of potato to it to kind of fill it up a bit. Mm. And for me, that's kind of substantial enough then, because soup is like such a, like, you know, it fills you up a lot for the day. Yeah. 
going to think about it for the rest of the day. Uh, you're obviously a working mum. Yeah, your partner is working. You have a kid in, in, in preschool or in school there as well. Yeah. How much time, you know, and keeping in mind the fact that you're married into an Italian family, how much time do you spend yeah, cooking food every day? We tend to eat a lot at home because um, I have like a food intolerance to garlic and in Sweden, it's really bad. You can't eat anywhere because there's garlic and everything. Yeah. So for us, like cooking is really important. I think we, we spend a lot of time in the kitchen. We actually fight over who's going to go into the kitchen to cook. Jesus, <laughs> I wish that happened in my house. I, Matteo loves to cook, but um, and I kind of love letting him do it because it's great to see, to see him, you know, making food and that. But um, no, we... We actually, everything that we make is quite quick. Like we make like, um, we can make like a simple, like a chili sin carne, like, and that like doesn't take half an hour. Like I've used like, um, you know, the, the two, the happy pear, like their stuff, like sometimes some of their stuff is like really quick, really easy. Mm. Like you can make it within half an hour. Like any of the plant-based foods that we make, or if we do fish, because we eat fish every now and again. Yeah. It doesn't take long to prepare. And I think once you have a few basics at hand, like some really good tinned tomatoes, or like, you know, any kind of like fresh vegetables or we have frozen ones that we keep from the summertime. Mm. And it's, it's, I think it's, it's quite easy to kind of, yeah, I think the best thing you to do is have a kind of in your head a menu what you want for the week, what's the plan mm. of what you want to cook and kind of different meals. And then it's much easier then to kind of know what you have in the house or to plan ahead to what you can buy and have in the house for the week. And it saves a lot of time. They did. Uh, one of the, the problems, you mentioned the plant-based diet there, and this is the thing, I've seen players in the National Basketball Association in America and golfers yeah. and everybody who's moved on to the plant-based diet, right? But the reputation yeah. is that, you know, you're, you're sacrificing something, that everything just tastes blah. How do you make sure that things are still, uh, that things are still tasty, that you still enjoy eating? Because like I say, some people do feel like they're sacrificing meat. Yeah, I don't know. I I always find like I, and I and I don't I don't advocate for like not having meat for everybody like it's not I think having everything in moderation is good for people like so eating a small amount of meat in your diet or you know having like but it's the quality of the ingredients like even with Killian during the summer we came to Italy and he tasted cucumber and he's like what's this and I was like it's a cucumber he was like but it tastes so good and I was like oh my god he's been eating cucumber in school all year and he's like he obviously thought it was rotten or you know the taste just tastes nothing different. yeah. Yeah, and it's the same though if you buy like aubergines, like where you buy in the supermarket in Sweden, like unless you buy like a, a product that comes from a really good place that's grown in like, you know, good sunlight that gives it a good taste. I think you have to kind of be selective like what you're buying and like just having good quality products I think makes a huge difference or from like a local farmer's market, like where you're buying carrots that taste like carrots or, you know, you buy something that tastes really fresh. And for me, that's, I think the main thing It's like, having basic ingredients but good quality ingredients and sometimes you have to pay a bit more for that but um, I think you know it's, it's definitely worth it when you want to taste the quality of something. Um, one of the things around food that's a little bit sort of dodgy and I know it happens in sport as well is that you get this idea of sort of you know like use a javelin thrower use an athlete it's all about your weight it's all about your body shape yeah. and it can be very very dangerous for some people to sort of get into that yeah. looking at themselves in the mirror and thinking uh, uh, did you ever experience that as an athlete and, or, or, and if you didn't how did you manage to avoid it? No I did I mean one of the earliest memories I have of like going to a competition was like getting um, gear like you know tracksuits and stuff like we get for the national team mm. and then getting something that was too small for me like I, I'm not a small person I'm quite tall and I, I tend to put on a lot of muscle really quick but I remember one of the coaches like a well-known coach at the time like and he was on the team and he he made a comment about my size and that like that's just 
I mean, it, like it devastated me because I never thought about my weight. Like when I was a teenager or that, I never seen it as being a problem. Mm. And um, it took me a long time, I think. I think associated food with my body size and with my weight and with what I was doing. And it was always very self-conscious. And I think when I finished with athletics, I kind of went all out. Like I was all or nothing with food or, you know, all or nothing with alcohol. You just get really obsessed with it mm. when it shouldn't be like that. But I, I think now looking back now, like, I appreciate more my body build, my body type in the last 10 years because I know that strong is really good. Like, you know, to build muscle and to, to look that way, like, I think it's, it's promoted a lot more in women's sports now. But I think back then it was like, um, yeah, we didn't know enough about it. And people had this idea of what, like, um, an athlete should look like from a sprinter or, um, you know. So I think, like, what people say and what they do really affects how people, their association with food. Mm. But um, I think there's a much better, I think that now, like in the press, there's a much better kind of concept of like, you're, you know, how people are body conscious, like, but also that like, you know, being big or being muscular isn't, in fact, like, you know, something to be ashamed of. Yeah. It's like something you should be proud of. Yeah. I think, um, I think it's something that we need to be really careful about, especially when we're talking to kids, you know, around their eating and that. Because, like, that thing that that coach said, yeah. I'm sure that if you were to mention that to him, he probably wouldn't even remember that, you know. And no, that's the thing, no. an offhand remark like that from somebody like me to, to somebody, and it could be a fella or a girl, you know, when you mention something about somebody's appearance like that, and it can have really negative consequences, you know. I know yeah. you're, you're shopping there in Italy at the moment. I don't know, you'll be home soon enough, I'm <laughs> sure, uh, and back to work in the next week or so. But if I could just ask yeah. you one last question, Jen. How, what do you plan to do yourself in 2022 because i know you still love your sport yeah you have your business to run you obviously have your family and you have food to cook at home what do you will you be planning on doing any training now in the first half of the year yeah no i think the last month it's been crazy like setting up that new business but i was so conscious that i hadn't been out running yeah so this week i like it was the first time in about a month i probably cut out and got running again and um for me it's always like i think when i get out and run i clear my head it's it's a great space to be in. I give it gives me time as well, just to myself. Mm. It gives me like my me time. Yeah. So I listen to podcasts or you stick on like, you know, some music. And I know for me that when I start feeling, you know, you feel a bit down yourself, you feel a bit shitty. Like most of the time, it's because I haven't been out exercising or I haven't been looking after, like you know, making sure I'm eating right, whatever. So I think for this year, again, it'll just be like last year. I kind of started listening to Charlotte Regan and Sonia Sullivan. Mm. He's got a great like podcast out with the two of them, and every week they kind of like do different tips on how you can get out and how you can enjoy running, but like also following a program. And um, so for me, it's just kind of getting out, making sure I get out every day. You know, do a bit of exercise. Like my son Killian is six, and he loves to get out and go for a run. Like mm. he probably like I remember last year around Christmas time, it was like he went on like a little three k run around where we live in Ashford, and <laughs> and I was surprised like at how how far he could go. But um, it's to kind of, yeah, even just to show him, like, to get out with him more and to do more things with him outside and just to really enjoy it together. Like, for me, when I was working in preschool, I always loved um, to show the kids that it was just about having fun. It's how you feel mm. when you exercise. It's not about, like, winning or, you know, I think for me, it took a, a long time for me to realize that it's not the end goal. It's kind of your journey on the way. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's just for him to show him and to show, like, other kids that he's around it's just like it's about enjoying it and it's about longevity because what you want is I suppose when you look at COVID now and everything else like the people that are really sick in the hospital are ones that are underlying health conditions so 
Um, I think like this year for me, it's always thinking, how can I prevent myself from, you know, getting in a situation where I'm going to be, um, you know, a vulnerable person, like, you know, instead of firefighting, what, what could you do now to prevent that in the future? So like eating well, exercising, you know, doing everything good that you can mm. for yourself to prevent the inevitable. Exactly. Yeah. Father time is undefeated, as they say in boxing, you know. So, but uh, yeah, much of that journey will start in the kitchen. And no doubt you'll be bringing back both ideas and produce from Italy when you get here. So I'll pop into you again in the yeah. near future uh, to the pasta pop-up and see what you're doing. Jen, thanks very, very much for joining me. Thanks for Phil. Still Sullivan waits. 2.50 to go. Sullivan testing the Portuguese. Just lengthening the stride. Trains with the Kenyans who are based at Teddington outside London. And Sullivan gradually striding away. Nothing dramatic. Just increasing the pace. Gradual build-up but very, very effective build-up indeed. And Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland and our home city of Cove. O'Sullivan wins the world 5,000-metre title, the first ever 5,000-metre title. There you go there. That was Sonia O'Sullivan, not Jennifer O'Sullivan, who spoke to us about nutrition. That was Sonia O'Sullivan winning the first ever 5,000 metre world title outdoors, which she did in Gothenburg here in Sweden all of 26 and a half years ago in 1995. And you can just hear David Coleman, the classic BBC commentator's voice there, how easy it was. I mean, as she came up the back straight there, just absolutely murdered her It was an incredible race. Um, I've, I've actually had a look for RTE footage of that or commentary but I couldn't find it which is very odd because I can imagine that you know, if Jimmy McGee was commentating on that he'd be losing his shit altogether we're just at the end of this episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast we've talked a lot about physical health we've talked about a lot about nutrition but in this dark time of the year one of the things we've got to mention is mental health right especially if you're new to this it is difficult, right? When you're working above in a data center or something like that and you get up every morning and it's dark and you go to work and you work all day and it fucking barely gets bright and you come home and again it's dark. Lads and ladies, it is going to be tough, right? I've been doing it for uh, 22, 20, I'm into my 23rd year maybe in Sweden now and it does get a little bit easier but it doesn't get any more enjoyable. You just learn to accept it for what it is, right? But what is different now, what probably didn't exist for me, it maybe existed for others, but not for me, is that we have ways of reaching one another. This podcast is one of them. Facebook is another. Instagram is another, right? There's a community out there. There's people out there that you can talk to, that you can reach out to. On Twitter over Christmas, they were saying, just send me a DM. And the same thing applies to every listener of this podcast. If you're feeling bad, maybe I can't do anything to help you. Maybe, you know, there's nothing I can do for you, but I will be there for you and I will respond to you. And I would ask you that you be there for other people too, if you have the ability to be there because in that way that's what gets us through the darkness is knowing that you know as Seamus Healy wrote if we can winter here we can summer anywhere and there's a beautiful summer coming we're going to be outdoors again soon enough in a couple of months time the snow will melt we'll be playing Gaelic football we'll be playing soccer in Corpen we'll be throwing the javelin like Jen you know but sometimes we have to help each other through that sometimes you know this time of COVID we can't really meet up as much as we did but we can do our best to be there for one another and the other thing is have a bit of compassion for the people around you right 
I found it very easy lately to get angry, right? When you see what's happening in the news, when you see some fucking Egypt who's in the system of you know, and he's bumping into you and he won't keep his distance, that kind of thing. It's difficult, you know, but, uh, you know, have compassion for the people around you, the people you work with. Maybe if somebody makes a mistake, you don't need to remind them. They probably know already what they've done, you know? So have that little bit of compassion and hope that they, people will have that little bit of compassion for you. And we'll get through this and the summer will be here soon enough and the dark days will be but a memory. And before we know it, the Christmas turkey will be coming around again have a great week wherever you may be i'll be chasing down people for the rest of this week to bring you another episode of the irish in sweden podcast thanks so much to everybody who's already signed up to support it or who has switched a contribution if you missed the details on how to support the show you'll find them in the show notes on the various different platforms so if you can support on patreon if you can switch if you can mail and sponsor please do because it helps me keep bringing you these shows have a great time talk to you next week